Yo, so episode 35, we bring on Zen Extracts, an OC native and California player in the game. Currently operating out of Oregon, looking to come back to Cali. He's got a dope-ass art studio in downtown LA, and he's one of the inventors of Dabrite. So check him out and check the episode out further. But without any further ado, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment below. Let's get to smoking. Yo, 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 welcome back, man. It's first smoke of the day. It's your host, Pat Gods. I'm here with my co-host, Blackleaf. What up? It's episode 35, and we got a special guest in the building today, man. Zen what Extracts. What's How you guys good? doing? How you doing, homie? Great, man. Fuck. Yeah. Stoked to be here. Fucking appreciate the invite and uh, love what you guys are doing. And fuck yeah. Ready to fucking talk it up and smoke, <laughs> smoke it up, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. This first first smoke of the day. Biggs was popping, man. How you I'm, been? I like the glass. Oh, I'm good, man. I see you in that new gear. Yeah, I'm wearing some new gear, man. Playing around with some new yeah, stuff for Blackleaf. Yeah, I got a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to throw on some got different little, stuff with you. A little trucker. You got the remix trucker one. Action. Yeah, the members only. You know. <laughs> but today, man, we got a special guest on Zen Extracts, and when he's got a dope ass story to tell. A lot of cool things have come behind this young man, and and it's it's cool to have you on today, man. Appreciate Living it. here in L.A., appreciate you swinging by and coming through and blessing us with the episode. But let's start let's start it off with just you know what kind of got you know talk to us about you know what was growing up like, man. What was where are you from? What was growing up like? I actually uh, grew up in Corona, California. Um, I also like kind of grew up in Orange County, kind of like back and forth. Um, you know, middle class, standard, you know, fucking troublemaker, fucking <laughs> hate school, you know, hated school, you know, but uh, made it work and got my diploma and shit. And I actually went to college. I went to the Art Institute of California, in Orange County, and I got my bachelor's degree in graphic design. So, uh, I mean, it's a dope I, place, the Orange County yeah. to grow up. Like, it, that's a cool place, bro. It's dope. Yeah. I mean, we used to fucking go boogie boarding, like, fucking every day in the summer and shit. Like, it was awesome, you know? Epicenter of skateboarding. Right. Epicenter of basically anything on a board. Right. You know? 100%. Yeah. Um, the weed as well. You already know. You know? Like, <laughs> I think uh, I first got introduced smoking when I was 16. And I smoked, like, three or four times and never got high. And really? uh, I went to my homie's house who had like a fucking zong, like a fucking two foot zong. Fucking I just zong. Took a, shout, I took out a, zong. shout out to zong. Long, <laughs> Yo, fucking, big fucking in the past. If you ain't hit a zong, you ain't really been smoking that long. It's the crazy <laughs> Z thing. Uh, yeah, I ripped a zong like super hard and that shit just ripped me. I finally got high for the first time and I was just like I bet I just remember my homie just like kept bringing out like quesadillas and shit he just kept bringing them out and bringing them out and bringing them out he's like dude how many of these can you eat and I was like I don't know bro I just got the gnarliest fucking munchies you know like but uh, that's like yeah, the that best was when I was food. like 16 so uh 
yeah, that's when I was introduced to marijuana. I've always been inter- always been stoked about it. Um, it's always really interested me a lot. Um, just kind of dove into it, you know. I had a homie named Red. Shout out Red if you if you're watching this, Yo, my dog. I haven't Red. seen you in forever. But yeah, he put me on and like, fuck man, just been doing it, you know. I've been uh, doing extraction since 2008. Um, I went to I think what really like set me into like becoming like this is like what I want to do for my life was when I went to Amsterdam in 2009, and like really had like a immersive experience exactly dude just like back then too like amsterdam was just so different than it is now but uh that's definitely what really started when i came back from that i was like this is this is what i want to do for sure you know 100 percent. you felt the culture out there yeah do you remember when you first started smoking though that first time what was that when when was that what was that the Uh, first time what what did i smoke the first time yeah yeah um was it just bro it was just some like chronic dude straight up you know uh, I mean, but crippy, like some, some, some high end, yeah, something some decent, or, but you know, off, yeah. obviously like when we were fucking hard up, we were smoking stress and shit. If I go to the skate park to pick up stress, you know, yeah. like whatever we could smoke when we were first kind of getting into it, you know, uh, I think my first strain that I ever loved was from my boy red and it was, uh, the white widow actually, Ooh, he had a homie a who grew, like the gnarliest white widow, just the, the biggest greenest, like lime green with like the gnarliest orange hairs just like crazy shit you know and uh that was probably like the first like strain that i knew i was like this is white widow and like this is for sure white widow this isn't just like renamed or like called chronic right so that was definitely like probably like in 2007 or 2008 probably is when i first started doing that and uh I think I did my first extraction um, at the end of 2008. I just, I was watching this guy named, I think his name was like Hashman or like Hashmaster or something. There's a dude who lived in, uh, in Amsterdam and he's had these videos of just like these little stainless steel tubes, you know, that he had, he had a little contraption for it and all back then. And uh, he was just blasting like right by his window in his apartment and shit. So I was like, fuck, I need to be doing this. You it was know? like all white. Cause like we always had like, you know, like, I call it old man hash now, just like blonde, like normal hash, you know, back then. But like when I made my first batch of BHO, I was like, this is, this is something new, you know, this is something different. This is going to be, this is going to revolutionize like how we smoke like hash now. And it did. What, what was the first stuff you ran? We processed. Um, Do you remember what strain or was it trim or dude, was it flower? I used, it was flower. And I used to get this, uh, this OG, that uh that was called the charles barkley Ooh, okay and uh that was its nickname it was just like the most fire gas og and i used to pay 500 bucks an ounce for it back then in like 2008 um and yeah i just remember putting in the tubes and blasting it and just letting it cook off outside and shit and just brought it in and put it under like a like a space like a hot plate you know Wow. I just kept stirring it and stirring it and stirring it until it like basically turned into crumble at, at some point, you know? And, and so you 500 an ounce weed, top shelf. Yes. That's what went into the first extract. That was the first shit I ever extracted. Yeah. Wow, bro. That's incredible. That's That just shows you the passion behind it. You were willing to take that loss to see like, what is this about? Dude, 100%. Because I mean, it was like the best weed I could get. So I just wanted to see like, 
what the hash would come out like, you know, just naturally. I mean, that's always our, our pursuit for turps, you know, that's where it started. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> pursuit for turps since the beginning at 500 an ounce for sure. I mean, that's, that's pursuit for turps on a hundred. Yeah. So, so where'd it go from there? So, so you dabbed it, like what happened then? So it, it bakes off, right? Or it double boils off. We were just putting it on top of weed, bro. That's oh. how we started it. It was just on top. I put the Charles Barkley packed that bowl in the bong, put some on top and just sent it, you know? And, uh, so no red hot dabbers yet. No, that was very shortly after though. You know, the, you know, the quartz, you know, the glass nail with the dome, the skillet. We, I had a skillet too. Um, yeah. And then obviously it revolutionized to like the domeless nail to the banger, the email, like, you know, we're, we're blessed now. We got the turp slurper. We have spinning cap. We have, we have everything, bro. We're, we're at the forefront of like, Vaporizing cannabis in like the best way possible. You know, we have dab rights. We got the dab right, man. And shout out to, to my dogs at dab right. Uh, Revolutionary. You know, give us a rundown if you don't mind, just about the dab right. Just like what's yeah, talk the dab right is a digital IR um, that basically just tells you the temperature of your dab, and I guess it's most like key features is. Uh, <laughs> is the long arm so the arm allows you to adjust it to like any size rig or any any angle at that matter you know we have a cap stand on the top um so it, you set your temperature to what you like to dab and then it has a light alert and a sound alert so it's pretty simple but just filled the void of a handless thermometer that we can just sit back and be taking dabs with oh shit the the alarm you know it's like it's pretty much just how it started it's just like we you know, we we seen what was on the market and we just no did more. what we wanted, like what we wanted from the device. Like, yo, it'd be sick if it had an alarm. Like, it'd be sick if it lit up. Like it came from necessity. Yeah. Necessity, came, 100%. Yeah, and you're like, man, I have these beautiful rigs and we're sitting here counting down or we're putting our hand next to it or we're hitting it with a laser. Right. Up from right. like Home Depot, like the options were not there. And then some of the ones that were there were like. It wasn't a, this is one fits all model. Like your dab, right? Invention literally fits any rig where some of the other stuff I've seen, the it doesn't, yeah, yeah. Or like it only, you have to put your rig right over this small space. It right. doesn't work like that. Not every, not the, some of the best rigs don't No. And so like unbelievable glass in front of us too, man. Uh, but the dab, right. is such a cool invention and every single smoker and connoisseur i go to every hash maker i literally when i'm popping up i see it i see it at everyone's house now bro like great invention you guys killed it with that appreciate it man yeah we just uh got granted our patent uh in in december 1st officially so now we're congratulations we are protecting our intellectual property like any at any case that we need to at this point you know yeah all our, all our partners, we've been working so hard, bro. It's it's a fucking it's a lot. I mean, there's about fifty thousand dab rights in 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 the, you know in circulation now. So um, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of customer service. It's a lot of headaches dealing with China. Like we're talking like stupid wait times. It's just it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much things that go into it. You know, it's like we're not even like. We're an electronic device that's for dabbing, but we get treated as as if we're like a CBD company. So we have to have like special merchants that we pay more percent. 
be like three and a half percent or something, I believe, to our merchants, opposed to like most merchants, like two percent or something, you know. So um less less a merchants a in general. Of it's all our for there's four partners, me, Brian, Dan, and uh and John. And shout out to those guys, my dogs, and uh yeah, just it's just a lot of work, man. We're but we're doing it. We're stoked. We're happy to, that everyone's happy with the product. We we rolled it out like as best as we could, you know. And how many of the dab rights were there before the official dab right that hits the market? How many were there? Like a couple different models? Was it trial and error? Yeah. So we pretty much uh, in November of uh, 2019 is when we decided we were going to do the dab right, and. Um, I think by um, like January like 5th, we had our first empty prototype. So we had a prototype with no electronics. So, so it was just an empty shell with the gooseneck. And the gooseneck um, is just like a metal like gooseneck that you would see on like anything. But we eventually decided that we wanted to cover it in silicone to make it look more sleek and clean. It doesn't get stuck in the crevices and shit. Um, then we went through um, two. We went through more, three more prototypes. Um, our last prototype was done in July, 2020. So like right when COVID hit, like we were, we were just diving into this man. Wow. So okay. yeah, we, we, we fucking went through COVID and had to deal with all those hurdles. We probably would have launched the dab right in July or probably July if, if COVID didn't happen. They like literally set us back two months. So, um, when we got our final, um, we got our final, prototype i believe it was the end of june and then it went into uh production jeez man they hit like a storm then because they're everywhere right now i mean honestly right. like that that's not that big of a time frame for you to drop one of the cooler products i've seen in a long time yeah um, i mean we're trying to be that household name next to the blazer you know like we were ready you know and we tried to we had big goals from the beginning and we had a, a vision you know that like like this could be something that like you know, we could all be tired off of and shit, literally something so simple, but with the patent in our hand, we're able to at least hold some weight with that, you know, especially if we're trying to ever sell the company or whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah. And this but, is uh, the jump off point. Yeah. And this is just the first model, man. We're, we're just getting started, bro. We've only <laughs> been a company a year in September. So, um, we're hoping to launch the V2 in April is what we're shooting for, which will have a bunch more functions. Um, like in second alarm because people forget they hear the alarm like oh fuck i don't have my dab so so you can have a second alarm or you know we're using terp slurpers the second alarm will also allow you to you know to to know when to dunk it because typically when you dunk quartz you want to let like it cool a little bit before you dunk it into the alcohol it just you know makes the longevity longer and uh preserves the quality of the quartz you know but yeah, like we're having form. a bunch of functions added to it. Um, I don't want to get too in detail just mm -hmm. because we got some people out here already trying to, you know, knock it off. And that's all good, you know. Nipping on your heels. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, we already knew. We knew that from the beginning. If we we couldn't patent our idea, we weren't going to do it. So we got a sick-ass patent attorney, one of the best in the country, and costs a lot of money to do it. But, you know, here we are. It's worth it. Like, People want to knock it off. It's like taking money out of our pockets. So it's like, might as well bite the bullet and push them to litigation. If people want to, you know, infringe on the patent, that's what it's for, you know? Yep. Love and, it. 
And you're, I mean, you got a great product and that's, what's proven, right. Is that, that's why people are buying it. It's not a gimmick. It's right. a really cool product. Yeah. So, so what did you go to college for? If you don't mind zooming back? Uh, yeah, I went to college for graphic design and marketing. Um, I actually started Zen Extracts when I was in college. Um, you know, we've been through it all. Like did all the, all the cups, everything, bro. Like I, uh, just, just love making extracts, man. It just, so how long before you were making extracts before you were like, all right, I'm going to call it something. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd probably have been doing it already for like five years before I seen like the scene changing and like starting to see these like cannabis events and all these companies. I'm like, I do that too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What these guys are doing is kind of uh, illegal, but they act like it's not, you know, fucking shout out to prop 215 fucking miss you, bro. Fuck. Those are the golden, golden era of, of, of like medical cannabis, man. We, we were the, for, you know, us as California were the forefront of a lot of things in that sense. Like we pushed a lot of things, you know? Um, yeah, dude, I just love extracts. I love terps. I love like all the different variables, you know, as the fucking shout out to all the breeders, bro. I mean, without them, fuck, we'd be smoking fucking the same shit we'd always be smoking, you know? And that's why I, I still champion, you know, pushing the conversation about bring BHO back, you know, <laughs> well, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to see you're gonna, people are going to be like, boo, I already know what I hear it, you it's know, cool. but I'm just saying, because you're, you come from that originally, some of us come from that and, and like, you know how fire it can be when it's done right. hundred percent. I mean, to be honest, like anything can be extracted with BHO. So like. It's unlimited amount of terpene profiles that we can find and like enjoy in extract form at the highest quality. Cause I mean, even if something like, even if like something doesn't wash or even if something does wash, it doesn't mean it's going to like provide like the most quality, like, like cannabinoids and like the quality melt and like the quality things that we want. Like it could, sometimes you wash something, it looks so fucking fire and it comes out hella dark. And you mean wash mean like hash rosin. So extracted through bubble hash and all that. Yeah. So like, you know, and some strains just won't. No, literally. Seriously. Like fucking one time we washed two pounds of super, super lemon haze and got one gram. (laughs) (laughs) I talked him into one time. We did a fresh frozen pound of dirty Sprite and we got back an eighth. 3.5 3.5 of hash rosin. And uh, I could, at the time we didn't know that. enough and we we're like, this guy stole it. We're going to, you know, we're, we got, let's get him. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, up in Oregon, fucking, we've been doing all kinds of tests back to back, like running stuff in BHO and the stuff that washes because we can get a similar yield because it, it doesn't matter if we're washing it or making it into BHO. It's like typically pretty, pretty similar in yield. Cause you so, do both now. Yeah, we do both. Yeah, hundred percent. We've been doing both for a minute. Um, what are you seeing when you're doing a strains, like when you're doing extraction side by sides? You know, I think the value is the higher value of the concentrate is always in hash rosin currently. Um, fucking CRC killed BHO, bro. Like for real, we're banning it in Oregon so that so that fucking people just can't just keep getting away with it, you know. And it's really like put the high end BHO market in a really like rough place that people don't want to pay a lot for BHO because they think it's like less than hash rosin or, or melt or hash. 
well, there's this weird thing where extractors are like lying and and CRC and stuff that people are asking, don't do it. And they're still doing it because they don't want to pull the chamber out or they don't want to stop the system. And yeah. And so there's this wacky thing. It did. That should be a song. CRC killed the BHO. You know, and, you know, <laughs> it's it's a shortcut. And if, it, you know, you can always do it right. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, it has its purpose, you know, like it has its purpose for like separating pesticides and mold and things like that. But like typically it's a shortcut because in order to like make BHO like we're making up an organ, I mean, you got to have like a $250,000 machine, like for real. And like chillers and like all this shit, it's not cheap. Like, bro, I can build a badass hash washing lab for 50 stacks. You know what I mean? Like wow. that can produce a similar amount that the BHO machine can do. But like when we're making BHO, it's just like such a different process that we're like doing things so cold and isolating all the, all the plants and lit fats and lipids. And I mean, we're getting to like almost negative 90 Fahrenheit sometimes almost ne a negative hundred Fahrenheit. So like when you're, when you're at those sub zero temperatures and your fresh frozen is in a chilled column and they never changes temperature, like you're really controlling what's happening with those like polar active molecules and how the extract's going to come out. Like, so if you're not doing that, then you're taking a shortcut in my eyes. But, you know, that's just my opinion. You know, I mean, CRC can be used for good and people, you know, I don't know. It just it just never worked for me. It always isolates certain terps that I don't want. It's always more of a lemon terp. Man, if you smell a CRC slab and shit like, you know, it's CRC like you can it just separates the terps. It's like something's happening, you know, that, that filter media is like so. It like absorbs so much shit, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, changing. you know, they'll argue that they test the terpenes before and after the CRC and it's the same, but like, bro, when, you know, I've been doing this shit for fucking almost 15 years. Like I can tell my nose can tell, bro. 100%. Every single time. Yeah. You're hundred percent correct, man. I can it's tell crazy. The way it looks too. Like, you know, there's a few people up in Oregon that are doing it pretty good, but I know they're CRC even though they wouldn't, they won't admit it. But the BHO was fire before that, man. You would like so the slabs we would get. I mean, things were really at a, a peak right before it went to that. Right. You know, but it's hard to peel that well, onion back now, I guess. Yeah. All, this, all this BHO talk. Tell us a crazy BHO story. Um, <laughs> uh -oh, wow. Luckily, I've never been involved in any mm. of these and I've never caught anything on fire. Fucking <laughs> thank God. Everything's, you know, we we were open blast kings at one point, bro. Like crazy. That's how um, it started. No, but I have a homie who was doing it in his garage, which is like always the worst with the pilot light and the fucking water heater. You know, that's exactly what ignited it. And he had like five or six trays and he was blasting into them. So all five, six trays all ignited. And like when butane ignite, when you catch a butane that's got like cannabinoids in it, that shit crackles. Like it like fucking like it just it just like cracks. It's like the gnarliest like firecracker you've ever seen, like just going off. Like so that's why it's so and it just shoots flames everywhere, bro. So. So yeah, my homie caught his whole fucking house on fire, burnt the whole house down. And oh, just had to what run out. Wow. Yeah, he fucking literally ran Stopped, inside. Stopped and rolled and ran he out. He literally ran in the house and like got anyone who was in there out and fucking And by then it was done. It, by then the whole fucking house the whole garage was completely on fire. So I mean, you know, Ooh. it spreads quick. And plus he had butane cans in the garage. That's too. what I'm saying. Untapped like still, like not empty. So like 
yeah, it's fucking sad, bro. It's sad that people, you know, don't think before dealing with like serious things. Like you leave these types of things to professionals for real. Like don't open blast in your backyard. It's a bad idea. <laughs> and as LA is well, we live in the you know, we're spoiled now, bro. You can get so much shit. It's crazy. Well, you see the differences in why uh, Solventless is champion right now because you just explained it. It costs more money. It's way more dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it, everything about it is uh, is at a higher level of oh wow, here chemistry, we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, we're doing fucking organic chemistry happening. It's how you know we're doing some crazy shit, even though we never went to college for it. You know, it's just like trial and error. Like there never used to be a two hundred fifty thousand dollar BHO machine that never existed. <laughs> 10 years ago literally so like it's it's evolved and crazy like, i think there's a need there's a need so much to to have to create all these things right and that these things are doing amazing like the dab right yeah mm-hmm. crushing shout out to busy b fucking best bho machine in the, in the game he owns the patent for um so we don't use the chiller on our stuff we use co2 CO2 can get like to, I don't know, it's like negative 130 or something. So instead of having a chiller on our columns, we use CO2. So he owns the patent on that and shit. So if you want to do it like we're doing it, you got to buy it from my boy Boris. He's the man Shout doing out it. B. He's been Shout doing it since Boris. Instagram came online. Yep. Yeah. But, wow. uh, but yeah, I got my partner up there, Johnny, fucking OC Refinery. He's holding it down for the fucking, for the team. Shout out, fucking. So you guys are like a dual partnership. There's like the solventless and solvent side. No, no, we're all just under Zen. But, okay. uh, but yeah, I mean, just different expertises or what? Yeah. So, I mean, dude, Johnny's taught me a lot about VHO and I kind of came up there to really like focus in on the solventless side, you know, and, uh, you know, us together, you know, we can do some crazy shit. We've, we've built a fucking epic machine. We have a cranking lab all, all around, you know. We got some good people working with us. Um, and when you say up there, you mean Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not quite legal here in California, which we will be. This spring is hopefully when we're going to be launching back. You've run enough product now in California. I've known you for years now. Now you've been up in Oregon for a while and you're running product and you're doing BHO and solventless. Uh, what do you see in the big, di- big differences between California flower and uh, Oregon flower? Anything? Bro, I mean, there's fucking people doing it in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Fucking shout out to fucking the real McCoy, fucking Y's Farms, fucking all those, you know, McCrew, fucking Scissor Tail Farm we're working with, Noble, Noble Hell Farms. Yeah. Love um, hearing that. There's lots of fucking dope like craft cannabis companies up there because it's it's actually you can do that. You're not getting completely reamed by taxes and by fucking legalization. It's like <laughs> It's pretty lax there, you know, like the laws are a lot more lax with the BHO side. Um, There's no distributors as far as like here in California, we have to have a distribution license to be able to sell it to a shop. But in Oregon, we as processors can go to the go to the grow, pick up material. We can extract it and then we have to distribute it ourselves to collective. So we don't need a distribution license for that. I think really the biggest play of Oregon is like we can produce buyer for cheaper than anyone else so when we come to like federal legalization where you can transfer from like state to state i mean we're just gonna be able to fucking crush it in that in numbers you know 
A lot of really nice greenhouses, a lot of good indoor. I mean, we get more sun than anywhere out than California. Like, dude, mm-hmm. it doesn't get fucking dark there until like fucking 11 o'clock. And like, on like the longest day of the, uh, the longest day of the year, it's like 1030 when it gets dark. So it's just like the, the, the state's made for growing weed. Like it's made for horror culture. That's why there's so much trees and like so much wildlife and all that stuff, you know? Um, yeah, we're just working hard, bro. We're trying to, uh, we have a, we have a greenhouse depths down in South Oregon that we're crushing at, um, you know, working with sick growers and things are moving, but obviously, you know, it's got all got its hurdles and headaches and fucking nonsense, you know? What do you, what do you feel the differences between South Oregon and North Oregon? Um... It's really just climate, you know, it's just not, it's a lot drier in Southern Oregon, like up in Portland, it's pretty wet, you know? So a lot of the big grows are down in Southern Oregon. And then, I mean, as far as turps, I mean, man, we're talking about a completely different spectrum than California, but I mean, you know, per capita, there's only, what, there's 30, 30 million people that live in California, I believe. I thought that's what I heard. I think it's like 30 million people who live in California and there's only 3 million people who live in Oregon. <sighs> yeah, there you go. A lot and, more and weeds being I grown. Think a million of those people live in Portland. So it's like a third oh, of the wow. whole state lives in that one major city. Um, so it's just a different demographic, you know. Um, people aren't willing to pay as much for stuff naturally. People make less, but there's no sales tax and it's only 20% flat. Out the door for a cannabis tax. So, oh man, that's epic. Twenty is perfect, bro. That's twenty. That twenty percent really allows the shops to make money and the producers to make money. Because, as you know, down here in California, like the only reason we're going legal in California is because we got a homie who's crushing it in Salinas with a fucking half acre dab on ten acres. We're about to fucking crush it and we're going to be able to get shit for a reasonable price that we can compete in this fucking market with the 37% tax, bro, in California. Just killing us as producers, bro. And they want to raise it. I know. Again, they're like, oh, 42% looks pretty nice. It's crazy. Uh, But no, we're we're just trying to uh, get back to Cali and start crushing it, you know? And then, you know, I fucking, I have my gallery here in, in, uh, in downtown LA. So just trying to like encompass all these things that I love into my life and into my businesses, you know, um, obviously the glass, I've been a collector for like, probably like 10 years, but like seriously collecting for five. Talk to us about some of these pieces you brought. Yeah. On the, on the table, there's a banjo contrabasso, which is closer to the dab, right? Um, that's probably like one of the the crown jewels of my collection, you know. Um, Could you give us an estimate of like just so it's something like that would go for roughly? Do you mind throwing that out there? I know because people have no they they're looking at that and they're like, wow, that's a pretty piece of glass. <laughs> I mean, bro, you'd have <laughs> to fucking, you'd have to offer me one hundred fifty thousand dollars to sell that pipe. So there you go. Just to put people on what what people are smoking out of, like that's that's something people are smoking out of right there. One hundred fifty thousand dollars piece of glass. That's not what it originally sold for, but I oh, think yeah. uh, in the market where I I just it's it's just one of those pipes, you know. It's like, even if it's seventy five, it's timeless. It's a timeless yeah. pipe. It was made in two thousand seventeen, but if I told you it was made yesterday, you wouldn't know the difference, you know. And same with this, you know. This is a Darby, um, Darby Gong, Mike Gong collab. Could you pick it up and show us too? Yeah, show yeah. Um, it's be- absolutely gorgeous piece, man. Both of these are like, and they're two or three way collabs. Uh, yeah, no, they're um, they're both uh, 
a two person collab. Um, they uh, this is um, so this is they're both recyclers technically too, just in their own fashion. This is more of a this is more of just like the funnel style recycler, you know. We're opposed like the cycle happens on the side here, but wow, uh, absolutely but yeah, gorgeous. I mean, all all four of these artists are like some of the you know the arguably some of the best out there you know and yeah we're we've been stoked to have most of them all three of them out of the four at our gallery and like producing work for us and stuff you know so man um, and i think what you're doing is like sick too because people keep telling me if you're gonna buy glass buy collabs because there might be only one of them versus that artist putting out multiple pieces under the same artist i mean that's kind of how my my whole collection is collabs except for one or no i have two that are, are not collabs so it's just yeah when two artists come together some some magic really can happen and uh yeah, it makes I feel like it does make it almost more one of a kind, especially if an artist is really well known for a specific design. He's made so many different ones, you know, and definitely the collab makes it like more of a unique uh, item that you'd want to hold on to, you know. Um, but yeah. Should we take a dab? Let's use the dab right. Let's take a dab right. Let's do it. I want to fucking you know. I want to see what the dab right's talking about. A dab will do ya. I got baby lungs, but we can do this. So we got (laughs) we got Zen getting the Darby home piece lit up right now. (laughs) We'll we'll do a play by play, and we got Pat God's hitting the joint while he's getting ready to take a dab. And I mean, you're like a world-class dabber, just to be honest, because you got the dab right. You have the expensive rig. You also have the isobutane ready to go, so you can drop the whole thing right into it. Well, not like, butane, I mean, just isopropyl. Isopropyl. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. alcohol. My bad. Well, I thought we were going to light a fire. <laughs> that, that, we're shooting off some fireworks yeah. up in this. Hope he's not <laughs> dipping that in butane. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> With the peyote cap. I love it, dude. It's sick. The full set. This one is actually custom. These are the types of pieces that like make me nervous to hit if someone's like yo you want to hit i'm like ah. <laughs> yeah you're like how about you hold it look at it you make them hold it and you hit it yeah you like just in case i'll take a baby hit i feel like it's almost more awkward like like i don't know i'm all about vibes and energy and it's like i don't want to put that energy out there that like the person in the dropper like i want to truly believe he's gonna grab it and hit and he's not gonna drop it you know like you got to step into it with confidence or you just smoke it's like stepping in the batter's box and that's why some people are scared of almost just like just hold it like yeah why not you know like fuck it oh i'm gonna when are you gonna have a chance to hit you know this rig ever again if not you hand over your car never (laughs) yeah and i mean glasses unless we come to the gallery yay yeah you gotta come through down where i think our next show is going to be um Next month, like I think it's on the twenty second potentially. Um, that's the dab right going off. Yeah, that was the dab right just going off right now. And so that's saying your piece is ready. It's ready. Yeah, it's at the so desired temp. You're ready to, to dab. Pat Gods is going in. He's not sure how to do the turp slurper. He's yeah. There oh, you go. Oh, He's got oh, it. Oh, all right. Oh. All right. Man, that is a sick rig. <laughs> Tell us what you guys just did. We just hit there, big dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Some fire, right? <clears throat> yeah, it was some fire. Um, this is some stuff up. we're calling Strawberry Julius. It's uh, like super strawberry delicious turps. Oh, that was the... So you told us uh, it's a mimosa fino, <laughs> but it's actually super strawberry mimosa fino. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy when, when out of one breeding you get 
orange, strawberry, and then you were telling me also grape finos out of the same exact cross. That's super (laughs) awesome. That's breeding in a nutshell right there. The pipe is nice. But yeah, the ice, the dipping the the alcohol in the ISO is just a way to like, you're hitting a brand new nail every time, you know? Mm -hmm. No more Q-tips. I don't even use Q-tips anymore, so. It just goes straight in there and then you just keep the rig really clean and you basically, every hit (laughs) is a fresh rig, fresh banger, fresh everything. Yeah, I just take, you know, fucking, if you're going to do the ISO bath, don't put it in a plastic container. My homie's almost burned down his house. Use a glass container. Shut. Tips Put the alcohol in a glass jar or something. 100%. Because in plastic, it'll eat through it. If it catches, it's mm-hmm. just alcohol, so it's just going to have a flame, and you just throw the lid back on it, and it'll just extinguish it. Because that's hot, and it goes in there, that, that it'll melt the plastic. Next thing you know, the... Yeah, or a torch touches it. There's, there's all kind of nightmares happening yeah. out there, you know? Uh, and that's why, I mean, that's why the Puffco came out, just to be honest, because there's some 100%. products to say like, okay, some people don't want to go all the way, so they want something just where they, Puffco, if they knock it over, it's not a big deal. The Puffco like helped revolutionize fucking taking dabs to like a normal person. I put your dab right next to it. Yeah. I'm going to be honest for inventions of the year for like, meaning like this makes dabbing easier. This is, this makes smoking hash like to be able for someone that's not a big dabber to say like, I can get the perfect dab every time. Right. No, a hundred percent. And you know, we just wanted to provide that service and for ourselves mainly. So, um, yeah, it's stoked, bro. We have so much community backing. Fucking love all of our fans. Like, you got people dressing up like dab rights for fucking Halloween, bro. He fucking made like a cardboard one and painted it with the screen on front. And he had, and one of his arms had like the the sensor square and shit. Like, just went, uh, you know, full out. And then, what's the favorite strains coming from Oregon? <laughs> Shoot us a couple good strains that people are growing uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, I have, I have a little bit for you in here. It's called the Pinata Punch, which is uh, Skittles crossed with horchata. Why East fucking crossed it, but Real McCoy fucking grew it, and it's fucking fire. Also, man, anything that Why East hits with that fucking horchata is just fucking sick, bro. It brings a lot of depth. Yeah, there's the, the Zuyaki, which Zuyaki. I wish I would have had for you guys, but uh, the Zuyaki is dog walker cross with horchata, and it's literally straight gas. Like the there's two there's two finos, but. There's a few different phenos, but the one that McCoy's growing is that shit is straight fucking gas, bro. Like so fire. It's like the it's like because they don't have OG up in Oregon, bro. They don't grow OG like. Yeah, no he's does. doing it and you can look at and his like Instagram. that's the closest thing to getting OG up there. Like that what shit are they is growing fire. up there. Mostly just like. Uh, like okay, for flowers, flowers, for smoking flower wise, like definitely the horchata is like the huge fucking thing. Like just the horchata by that, itself. That's that um, shit. What else has been kind of cruising around? Uh, there's like a there's like a blueberry float strain that's cruising around. That was super fire flower. Um, hmm. I mean, dude, we even have classic ass shit. Like the the Mount Hood Magic is the fucking it's named after the mountain in fucking Oregon. That's uh, <clears throat> Durban and uh, Northern Lights. Oh, racy. Nice and racy. Literally the most sativa. Like, dude, sativa is kind of dead now. Like, it's hard to find a true sativa. That motherfucker is like the most sativa 
you're ever gonna get right there like because what they don't wash well usually either so oh, they're like no. and then also there's a minute amount of the market that even wants to smoke sativas so now you're getting it even lower right, right. so yeah and dude i mean the pods have really honestly just changed our game up there like what is that you say oh so you the dabbing pods yeah yeah <clears throat> so um yeah just the disposable pods um they're crushing in oregon these ones specifically, um, the Tick Pros, I'll just shout it out there. I don't even care. You can put whatever you want in your shit, but it probably won't be as good as ours. So. Damn, so you have, rosin Oregon. Pods. <laughs> you have rosin pods on the Oregon market already. Yeah, rosin pods and live resin pods. Man, we, we're barely scratching the surface in California with that. Dude, I mean, wow. people have tried to do it, but like most people just want to cut it. Most people just want to cut it with distillate, you know? So that's a that's an issue, you know? Um, oh, did, cut what? Do, how, what do you mean? Cut so what? most people who make any type of cartridge is going to, you're going to want to like mix it with distillate. So like that's really the, the market is distillate pens for vape. Vaping is like the biggest industry and consumers buy it more than anything else on the market in all the markets, even in California. So like we just tapped into this market that's just crushing these disposable pods. Like to just be able to go in buy the pod get in your car and like hit it if you wanted to like bro it's like revolutionary you don't have to worry about like what type of battery you're using well, there's levels of smokers right right 100 percent of that because i like <laughs> to talk about it with the heady dudes the extra heady dudes yeah so talk about the entry level to like ultra heady like when like it comes how, to vapes or just like general? what's the breakdown like entry level smoker to like like final level Ultra yeah, so an entry-level smoker will typically obviously smoke flour, smoke like crumble, cheap BHO, shatter. Those are mostly, that's mostly cheap the market. Cheap vape carts. Yes, 100. Just distillate carts with fake terps, obviously. Named um, after video games. Or like whatever, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oregon's really strict about like no cartoons or nothing in it. You mm -hmm. can't have a cartoon on your package at all. Like nothing. So um, I'd say the next step up is like for, for vapes, it's like cannabis terps with distillate. And then you have, you could do a live resin, which, you know, you pour off the turfs, makes it with distillate, you know, but like we we're even doing it in a different way. It's a little just undisclosed how we're doing it, but uh, we're providing everything. Like we don't need distillate. Like we can get it to a state where it's, it's ready to be filled. So that would, this would be the highest level right here. So from, from entry level smoker, then you kind of get to the mid smoker. Who's going to be, you know, maybe dabbling into a little bit of hash rosin, smoking live resin. And then you have the connoisseurs who, you know, there's both sides. There's like the snobs and there's just like connoisseurs, you know. I I am personally a connoisseur. I, I don't have any like specific preference on turps. I won't be like, I won't smoke that. I don't <laughs> smoke that turp or or whatever. Like, you know, I've been smoking so long. Uh I mean, even if I smoke a sativa, it doesn't affect me in the in the way than like when I first like started smoking and stuff, you know? It's just like even if I smoke a sativa, it's like it's like no different to me almost. It's just I only smoke for terps. So then that's the level of connoisseur that we're trying to to provide for is just people who want the best smoke that they can they can have and that best represents the plant and the strain and and all those things, you know. So potency um, falls underneath that. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you know, the rosin pods are just a new revolution that like, it's just, it just makes it easier for us as BHO makers to also like, just like hit all markets. 
like our main thing is BHL, but we also make hash and we also make pods, you know? So we're just trying to touch down on everything. We're about to start an edible lab out there. So then we're just going to be fully. What type of edibles are you thinking about rolling up? Um, Oregon's pretty strict with the edibles. It can't have any dairy in it. Interesting. No dairy. Okay. No dairy. So, I mean, you know, I was a vegan for seven years. I'm no longer now. So, like, I understand, you know, like, it's, it's just for, like, shelf life and preservation. What like, made you say fuck it? What do you mean? Uh, vegan. Uh, me, oh, being oh, a vegan. vegan. Uh, Fucking cheeseburgers, man. <laughs> Steaks, bro. Convenience, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard. Life being. is sometimes. You over- live in Oregon. I mean, you're When fucked. you work all the time and shit, like, life becomes about convenience, not necessarily about taking care of yourself, you know? And. You know, I, shout out to all my vegan homies. Fucking love vegan food. Go They're out with them. No problem. Shit for sure. Fucking down, all down. The vegans, you know? drop a comment, man. Say <laughs> try to bring them back. You know what I mean? You try to get them back right. But no, no. I mean, being vegan, you know, you feel good. But like, you know, you have to do it right. And it, it's it's work, you know? It's commitment. It is. It's a discipline. Life, it's a lifestyle change. It is. It's, it's more than just a diet. It's literally an entire lifestyle change. Because just like as growers, like, you know, what do you grow with? Like, yo, you're fucking hitting this shit with Eagle 20, bro. Washing your body with some of these fucking soaps that they sell you is like just as bad, bro. Like some of the shit that they put in products that we fucking are putting on our bodies every fucking day is nuts. Deodorant. I, yeah, I feel you. I've read some crazy stuff. So like, you know, that yep. it just taps into that whole thing that you just all natural. Like you don't want any other weird chemicals if you could, uh. You know, dodge the same thing with like growing weed. Like, I don't want you to spray with nothing, bro. Don't fucking don't fuck it up. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 100%. No, nah, tell growers, yeah. yo, after week two, don't spray it unless you have I to. Mean, and if you have fruit, to, so you know why? It's an right issue. That, you know, yep. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Got to be organic. Well, you see yeah. that with extraction, right? When people spray late. Dude, if something happens in the grow, usually you'll be able to tell. Either it's going to get low yield, come out weird, a different color. Smell funny, sulfur burned. Fuck, I've got sulfur bombs so bad one time, dude. Just gnarly. Concentrates everything. And that's like a whole thing with like BHO too, that you know, hash rods is so much easier, but like like BHO, like, you know, it's it's just like you always start out with RO water when you're washing hash. You don't want nothing in your hash. But like with BHO, like you're dealing with industrial, like industrial shit. So, like, man, there's some really bad butane out there that you could be using, and it's just gross as fuck, bro. It just smells like the worst fucking rotten egg you've ever smelled before, you know? Like, damn, even people drop shit off and trying to get us to jump on their shit. It's like, oh, yeah, drop one off. We'll check it out, you know? And if it, dude, the first thing I do is just open it and, and like, spray into a cup and just smell it and, like, make sure it smells, like, good. Because, like, butane shouldn't really have a smell. It's almost like a sweet smell, you know? So, or residuals. I see a lot of times residuals right. in the in butane itself, and that like translates. So, if you're using low quality butane, like canned butane is terrible butane. All canned, all canned butane is terrible. Really, it's gross. You got machine oil in there, lubricants, all this other shit, bro. <clears throat> We're Damn, rocking. Dude. We have a dude Don't that look fucking, at me. Look at him. He's the extractor. This guy had me running cans. No, in the I didn't have, Allegedly. Allegedly. And hitting red hot dabs. Why well, can't enjoy the terps now? You know what oh, I mean? I can't dog. get super heady. Anymore. Don't believe him on that. That's because this guy didn't know his shit. And it's. <laughs> no, 
fentanyl. We were fucking running the whole, cans, bro. Every yeah, but Case we did, to the crane with a double boiler, and we were doing it right, right. So, but back in the day, right. that's all there was. You weren't getting massive tanks of BHO bro, back in making, the day. You go on a list. I was whipping crumble. Yeah. Years before Everybody. they ever even had, before they even had vacuum ovens being made for slabs, before slab was even a thing. You brought that video up. I watched that same video in 2008 in Denver, and I was in a kitchen, and I had cut the electric to the outside detached garage, and I'm like. <gasps> <laughs> and I have a buddy on the phone, no lie. And he's like, let me know if you're going to be all right. And it was my mentor at the time, right? And, and did it. And I was like, no, you got to come over here. It worked out. You got to smoke this, right? But everyone was doing that. And then double boil. And then, you know, it looks it looks smokable. Let's you're using smoke low quality butane that's coming out on your dabs. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> that's he has dad. a lawsuit against me. <laughs> Man, my lungs are. Mesothelioma. My lungs took a hit. <laughs> My lungs That's took a hit up. when the da- when the dabs came in. My lungs took a hit. Mesodabiona, not for yeah. sure. I think hot dabbing is more the culprit of that. It is. Straight up it honest. is. Yeah, tell them the truth. The redder the better, bro. Oh. Those days are rough. I mean, the skillet days. I mean, dude, we weren't even purging yeah. the BHO that much. Like, we were doing the best down. we could, yeah. but like it took years Swing before I understood spoon. like how to make batter and how to make the consistencies and all the different things like. What temperatures do you use? Like, it's all been trial and error, like, from the start, you know? So, um, taking hot dabs is just, uh, was a thing, you know, with the skillet. Like, even the glass nail, like, you have to hit it hot or it's literally just bubbling up and not smoking. Like, and that was before the carb cap. The carb cap is what changed the game on for vaporizing cannabis 100%. It allowed you to, like, trap the smoke, but, like, only allow a certain amount of airflow in, which will allow it to build the smoke so that you can still get a good hit at low temperatures. Oh, great point. Wow. So very good. Domus nail was the first like nail that came out that like had, had the nail shout to fucking highly educated fucking smoking, smoking on their shit for ages. Yeah. Cause before that it was like the bell housing with the skittler, the skittler, you know, yeah, the and, swing and you'd uh, have to literally trap the smoke. Where, you just had to like hit it as said. fast as you can. Yeah. I mean the, the glass dome was like the next step of obviously from that. You could even like plug it with your fingers if you wanted to, but I think you know the the domeless nail with uh, with the carb cap was the first start to like people thinking about the science behind taking dabs. It also dabbing brought back solventless. Solventless bubble hash was on the way out when butane came in and started kicking ass, right? A hundred percent. Ice wax was like even on the ropes, to be honest. And then next thing you know, hash rosin comes back and it's like, yeah, you can dab it just like you do BHO and it's a cleaner, healthier product and all these benefits, right? Except for everything's a GMO cross or a strawberry banana cross. But besides that, it's like, look what we have now. Unbelievable. Dude, a hundred percent. It's pretty fucking nuts. It is. It's crazy where it's going. uh, How the evolution is starting, you know? And yeah, I mean, Dabrite, you know, our very first collab with Dabrite was with 710 Labs. Um, We did a 710 Labs Dabrite because they wanted to, they said they were actually thinking about doing something. But then when we showed them the idea and they're like, oh, well, let's just run it. You know, we did a couple of versions with them and we plan on working with them in the future, hopefully. and doing some cool shit with the dab, right? You know, like we have a V2 coming out in April and we're hoping to do a pro within a year of that. And the pro hopefully will have some type of uh application where we can like scan QR codes and shit and 
you'd really do some crazy shit. You know what I mean? With so. the rosin pens, because I see those just taken off. Is there only certain strains you can run for those, or is that any strain? Like, what? Why? Why can you only see rosin pens that are kind of rare? Um, for us, I feel like we're down to make anything do a pen. But I, I, you know, I will agree that like some are better than others. Like orange chirps, like never get phased in the process of getting them into that stage, you know, to get them in a pen. Um, but some just don't come through as much, you know. But it still doesn't mean that people don't want them or don't want to try it. I think uh, it has a, it has a place. I think they all have a place in the pen personally. So it's not strain specific and it's not, it's that just if you want to turn it into a pen or not. Yeah. And, okay. And honestly, just fucking having the right tech, bro. And just yeah. dialing that shit in so that, you know, everything's done at like low temperatures. And if you're not, if you're baking your rosin all hot as fuck, I mean, you're going to get the same thing, but it ain't going to be the terps, you know? So could you talk about how important it is that to have a good garden or line linked up with a good grow? <laughs> Because I know uh, you, you more than anyone, you know. Dude, I will say it time and time and again. It all starts at the grow. It all starts from clone, bro. You have shitty clones and you grow them out, they're going to be fucked up, bro. It all starts from the clone. So if your clones are fire, you're already off to a good start. And like really, I've seen so many fucked up fuck ups. And, you know, and we're like the fuck up guys who like, oh, yeah. My shit's powder and mildew. Let me fucking just, can you run this for me? Just run it for me, please. Just run it for me, fucking. You know, back then we didn't have CRC columns, but if, you know, now it's like, oh yeah, this is fucked up. We could run it with the CRC column and it will filter all the shit out of it. Like literally. So CRC does have a purpose, you know, like things happen or whatever, you know, that's cool. You know, CRC it, sell for cheap, fucking out at least no one's fucking out money like there's still money coming in or whatever you know you can basically take a yeah, crop no, the that's grow is the most important thing like it's like without a strong grow and like an understanding of how things are supposed to work and and knowing what like nutrients that like yield better than others and like what types of styles of growing like there's so many variables people just think it's cut and dry but it's it's pretty like it's pretty crazy like how in depth things can get when we're just trying to like extract these cannabinoids, you know? Um, I mean, I feel like organic is probably like, is about, you know, living soil seems to be doing you living soil. In my opinion, usually does better for hash, but not for BHO. And I mean, now you got, you're having greenhouses in these massive gardens, freezing hundreds of pounds of product and you're taking it on fresh frozen a lot of times. hundred percent. How are they down. moving that? How is that much product? Get? I mean, like they literally have ice box trucks and things like that. Or I mean, we, you know, we're fucking still kind of like starting up, but I mean, do we just have the fucking F-250 with the trailer and a Jenny and we load them up on the, all the freezers up and just plug them in the Jenny and haul ass. Our farm is about four hours from, from our lab. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a mission for sure. Wow. That's crazy. So straight, just take the whole freezer with you. Yeah. Yep. No dry ice, none of that shit. I mean, that's always the easiest. You can plug it in, obviously, you know? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we've been fucking, hell, if you live close enough, you don't even need dry ice. Just unplug it and haul ass. I mean, for real. I mean, I've done that so many fucking times, bro. Yeah. So unplug it, throw it in the car. All ass as long as you're in with like 40 minutes, 30 minutes away. 
yeah. it's more than good. Like so, everything's completely frozen. You know? So if a grower comes to you and says like, Hey man, I want to, I have this strain we just harvested and I want to see if it washes or, and or BHO. Do you have you ever run it side by side and done the same strain? Um, yeah, but I think our first question is, does it wash? Because we'll get more money for our product that way. Because in, in Oregon, we're getting $25 a gram wholesale for our live resin and $30 a gram wholesale for our rosin. And uh, we're just doing full spec, bro. I feel like full spec is a good representation of the flower. And to be honest, like, I ain't trying to appeal to the super duper picky connoisseurs, the snobby ones. Like, I don't smoke melt, bro. I'll say it right now. Like, I don't care about melt. Give me your best fucking melt and let's press it into rosin. Ooh. Rosin allows it to fucking separate any of the plant matter that is left in it. And like, I, I've only seen very, very few melts that are like literally water. Like, there'd be no point in pressing it. But so it's the final stage of, of basically pulling out the plant material is that hash rosin tech is, is one more filter. And it's just less headache. I mean, when you smoke rosin, it's an easy cleanup, but when you're smoking hash, it's like there's more cleanup. Like, and look at, look at what you're cleaning up. Like what color is that Q-tip? Like, is it darker brown? Like sometimes like black, if you hit it too hot, it's like with a rosin, it's like, it always stays. It's like, it's done. It's the final, it's the final step of, of hash in my opinion, personally. I mean, all the hash knobs can have their opinion. trippy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super trippy how just that one process changes it from burning your nail and charring it. And like, like you say, burning the head. Rosin, separate changed, to, rosin is what really put hash back on the map. Fucking. Really, it really just changed everything, bro. And then with company with the freeze dryer, it's like done. That's it. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense to do large scale hash. Fucking wow. Yeah, man. You still smoke flour at all? I do. I love smoking donuts, bro. My favorite <laughs> dog. Gotcha. Shout out Bobby Shout Trail. Out boy yeah, Trail. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, What's your favorite type of flour right now? Man, I just really, I mean, if I had to pick, it's just OG, bro. It's like it's just what fresh. I'm Cali it boys. Just, it's just what smacks, you know? It's what we want, you know? But up in Oregon, like that horchata is super fire. The zuyaki super fire. Good smoke, you know. Um, what else do we have up there? Uh, that blue float was super fire when you smoked it. Blue uh, float? Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm blanking on what the what the cross was, but uh, man. So like down here, like down here, I mean, I always just like go to fucking Kush Clinic, you know. My boys, fucking, they always have. The fire, you know, good shit. So uh, I had that. Uh, the lemon up was pretty fire that I tried. The zope was super fire. I love that zope that came around. I love Skittles turps. It's probably like one of my favorite turps if I had to pick one. Oh, man, who doesn't? You know, that's California, you know. We're just fiends for Skittles here, you know. Yeah. Man, if you're a listener, comment your favorite strain underneath, man. I want to, me and Pat God's everyone's Zen. We all want to see who who's smoking what right now. Like definitely list your favorite strains in the comments. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked just to see the evolution of strains too. Now that we got all these hash washers able to like cross with other hash washers, we're trying to do a bunch of breeding. We're about to pop a bunch of seeds, do a bunch of breeding. 
we might even be doing like a tissue culture lab too, just to like tie everything together, you know, so we can just, just kill it, bro. We're just, we got the vision, you know, we've been in this forever. We're really just trying to push it on every level. Like, man, I wish I had my boxes, man. Fuck. Shit didn't come in in time, but <laughs> on, on, on our boxes on the inside, it tells, it, you know, I have a dab right logo on the inside of every Zen box. Like we're cross promoting this like as much as we can, you know? And just trying to take, you know, dab right as far as we fucking can and just chill and fucking hopefully fucking. How important is teamwork, man? I mean, because <laughs> you're here with us right now. Obviously, there's still things moving and going and shaking. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's hard. But, you know, like when you know people and everyone has good intentions in the end, like you always come back around and like figure it out, you know, Um relationships with people and growers it's uh it's always up and down you know like shit happens fucking sometimes people are sketchy sometimes fucking bros don't work out which leads to turmoil and there's just there's so many investors you know the legal canvas life is like the biggest fucking thing i can say is like if you're ready to do it patient mm. Be very patient nothing happens overnight like serious um great advice yeah patience man i've been always learning that shit i'm always trying just to be patient i know it's so fucking hard sometimes it's not year one when shit's low like being a lambo year <laughs> one fuck i wish i had a lambo damn dude <laughs> cruising around oregon i got I one i see gabriel <laughs> cannabis has got one up there that's washington yeah in seattle i'm like man yeah one day I think I think it'll happen. The Zen extract Lambo, bro. I mean, <laughs> the dab right. Once we start crushing it, like once we start really crushing it with in in Cali's our market, bro. Like we're able to just like <clears throat> we're going to come in with the vision and know exactly what te- what price we need to come at, which is probably going to be around twenty dollars a gram for BHO and around twenty seven to thirty dollars a gram for rosin is what we'll be getting for our shit. But if we're getting, you know. Our homie right down the way is growing them and in a depth and crushing it. You know, we can we can compete. So I think we're just going to come out with the pods, drop live resin pods and rosin pods and full spec rosin and just just run. I just we just brought up a bunch of strains up to our farm up in Salinas. We'll have like 20 different hash washing strains there. Plus a bunch of other cool shit just for BHO, like the blueberry cheesecake fucking Shout out to my boy Rob and fucking growing that shit since fucking I think 2000 or something. That's a collab Zen extracts like a signature. You've had that since I've, I mean, years and years and years. Yeah, dude. Honestly, we were going to kill the blueberry cheesecake because it's really just blue cheese. It's just UK cheese crossed with uh, blueberry. Simple. Because if you know, he's been growing for years and I was calling it blue cheese forever and Nobody wants to fucking smoke blue cheese. Like, I don't, I don't like blue cheese. So like fucking get that shit out of here. <laughs> just one day, just like hit me. I was like, I'm just going to call it blueberry cheesecake. And ever since then, I could never, ever hold on to it. Like it's always been the biggest seller. It's oh, like the most blueberry turps. Smokers like, piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get blueberry turps. It really yeah. is. Especially in washing. Like there is no, there's not many blueberry turps in washing strains. Just one of those things. Same with like lemon. There's not a there's a few out there now, um, but there's not a lot of lemon strains either, you know? Just like like that the one time I had super lemon haze, washed two pounds and got a gram. Like, 
It's crazy. How was fucking it? Shot. It was terrible. It was brown. <laughs> it was terrible hash, too. It wasn't even good. But he smoked every bit of it, though, huh? No, he didn't. <laughs> we were so you fucking You threw that pissed. shit right out, huh? <laughs> Luckily, it was some, like, fire-ass outdoor for my boy, and he wasn't really tripping. He's like, fuck you. So, oh, it was outdoor? I ran it. I oh, ran into man. fucking. I we ran had, into BHS. We had Rex it. talking about the differences between being able to tell hash washing strains and not, you know, and being able to, and how difficult it was. But now he's in the guard. I know you guys had some sick collabs together, dude. Rex is uh, honestly the best crow I've ever fucking worked with. He's my dog. Shout out to Rex Powerside. Uh, gang. He's always been gang. the easiest to work with. He's an organic grower, super knowledgeable cat, and just like the nicest dude. And uh, Really professional. Yeah, we really just hit it out of the park when we got together, bro. It really just just worked out, bro. You know, just like it's just crazy. Legendary bro. collapse. Legendary turp. Strawberry guava. Strawberry uh, guava. Still, I got five. Three homies still growing that same strain, even though it's starting to kind of like die. Which is like what we're, you know, the tissue culture lab comes into play. Like some of these strains, is like you know, they might hit six percent. But like you grow it for three years and sometimes it starts deteriorating pretty quickly and fast. So um Strawglava, for instance, number 10, like that used to be a five percenter. When when Grex would grow it outdoor or in his greenhouse, also like to squash the bullshit, greenhouse resin is better than Almost any you're other calling resin it. out there. Oh, bro. you're calling it right now, huh? You're drawing Just a line with, in the with sand. Rex specifically, when he had his depths and we were crushing it, like people would grow the same shit indoor and, and his shit would always yield like at least 10% more. 10 to 15% more. So Just, the sun, basically. Yeah, the, the sun and the right conditions. There's certain things that can't be mimicked. Right. I mean, you got fucking glass depth that you're temperature controlling, but you're leaching the sun. I mean, bro, I mean, that's what we're going to be rocking down here in Cali, like, bro, you can't basically mix like, right? You can't fuck with that. I see Pervert Gardens really crushing some stuff with similar sun. to that. Yeah. 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 Are there any companies in Oregon doing like that where they're doing, oh, yeah, that are doing basically it's real high Yeah. Houses. So we mostly run, we mostly run indoor when we're up there. Um, but we have been getting like some farms kind of jumping on, you know, you just got to get on the right strength. We came into Oregon, uh, we launched on 420 of last year. So on, uh, Sorry, 420 of this year. Man, I'm getting, or, yeah, last year, 2021. And New Year's got me it all is. fucking Welcome winged out Welcome to 2022, already. man. Woo! We're already in the metaverse, dude. Oh, man, the metaverse. Get ready. Sheesh. Smoking weed in the meta. Get ready. Oh, man. I don't know. You can't smoke ah. weed in the metaverse yet, bro. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to you grow. Can sell weed in the I'm metaverse, trying to grow though. some weed in the metaverse. You can. You can sell it, too. You just can't mm-hmm. smoke it. <laughs> Sounds like... USA sounds like California. Oh man, you can you can grow it, you can sell it, and you can't smoke you can it anywhere. It, sell it, but you, you can't, cannot smoke it. No lounges, and the lounges that they, that they have, you got to go out in the middle of nowhere, or you got to drive out to the desert to go smoke. Like yeah, yeah, go out there two hours outside LA, uh, away from come everybody. Get some warehouse in the hood, you know. Yeah, you're not here in Compton, man. man. So yeah, circle back to the Stragwava. So when Rex was growing it in his dad's. He, he, I think the highest he ever hit was five and a half percent on it. But like, that's crazy. My homie's growing it now 
and it's barely hitting three percent indoors. And can you explain what that means? So you say five percent. So that means two thousand two hundred and fifty grams, or what? I mean, you- we've always just done two thousand grams because it's just an even number for us. But uh, so two thousand wet grams mm-hmm. of flour harvested fresh off right. the plant, and then you're washing that. And you're Correct. saying five percent of that, or to five? Hash. Okay, so then that, then that, all the heads pull off, right? And then you wash that through a bubble bag system and collect the heads. Then Correct. you press that through a filter into rosin, right? And that's Correct. hash rosin. And mm-hmm. then what? And then that's a five and a half percent yield. No. So typically, most people will specify if they're just talking about a percent, they're talking about hash. But if they're talking about like, oh, this is the rosin percent, that means. It's the rosin percent. So most people talk about like how much it yields in hash basically is most mostly, you know what I mean? Uh, but no, you know, fucking it is what people can some people because I, I guess we're still kind of reverting back to like hash has always been the thing, you know, so. If it hits, but that's a that's a whole other story too. like if it hits 5%, what's the quality of the melt? Is it going to hit 80% in rosin? Is he going to hit 90% rosin? Or is he going to hit like 60% rosin? You're like, fuck. Because what happens is when you're making the, the, the hash, the bubble hash, like you're separating the heads, but there's also like stalks and like other things that are coming off the plant that might even just look like crystals, but they're not really, bro. For real, it's crazy. You'd have to see it under a microscope to, to tell, but like by the blank eye, this shit looks white as fuck. It's fucking fire. And you could press it and it could only do like 60, 70%. You're like, what the fuck? But most like fire shit will at least hit 80, you know, full spec at least. When you're pressing full spec. If if a a, a strain yields in hash rosin, does that mean it also will yield high in BHO? Um, It it goes back and forth, but it's pretty similar. For most cases, it's pretty similar. Unless like, because when the rosin comes out too, like, Rosin doesn't always just come out like super wet and like fucking creamy, you know? There's like so many different variants of like dryness, you know? So like strawberry banana is usually like, you know, the DNA cut is usually dry. Like it's usually on the drier side of rosin. So when you extract fucking strawberry banana, usually a little bit less than 5%. It's more hitting like the 4% range, you know, in BHO. So from 5% in hash to a 4% to BHO. Um, but then, you know, I think the highest I've ever pulled off of a pound of fresh frozen was like 125 grams in BHO. You know, there's 7% washers out there doing 140 grams and shit of hash out there. Fucking there is 7%ers out there. I mean, for people to get the gist of what we're talking about, just take that number. The number he just said, a hundred and what? What do you? 125 grams, which was times the average price of what people like are paying. Which is like around 6%. I mean, In that's DHL, crazy. That's the highest I've ever yielded because so, we're also separating fats and lipids. That's like a, what, $5,800 to $6,500 pound. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Some shit will just dump in BHO, like gnarly. And we're, and we're like, we separate all the fats and lipids. So that's what's kind of like happening when you're going from hash to rosin is that when you're pressing the hash, you're also separating fats and lipids in the filter when it's going into rosin. So that's part of like the plant material that's left over in the, in the, in the hash, you know? So to get like 125 grams on BHO after we just de-waxed the fuck out of it, like negative nine, negative 90, 
Like that's some serious resin production, like crazy resin production. And same with 7% hash. Like I think 7% hash is like 150 grams of hash on one fresh frozen pound. That's fucking crazy. And you are crushing it and lucky as fuck if you have a strain like that. No trimming. All you got to do is buck it down, get the, the, you know, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. That's a, and we leave all the sugar too, you know, like I'm not a fan of it, like trimming the fresh frozen to make it look like dry. Like there's a lot of crystals that are on the leaf and like if you're and even BHO or hash, it doesn't matter. Like I'm a fond believer that I want it to look nice, but like not be trimmed in that sense. Like we want all the water leaves off, like, any of the water leaf that's sticking out past like the sugar trim, they typically will just shave it rather than, you know, diving in there and trying to get it out. We'll just shave it up, you know? So it's like, it's like, you know, I, I, my homie used to wet trim all the time. looks like an ice cream cone. So he would would wet trim it like loose and he would dry it. And then he would come back and then do a fine trim after that. It kind of looked like the loose trim. Like that's kind of like how I like it personally. I think it, you know, we're just going to get all the crystals and that's where the yield is. If you trim your shit, like also fresh harvesting, fresh frozen is a whole other game. Like, like we have to teach people how to do that, you know, because like that will literally be anywhere from like a one to 2% yield based on like how you harvest it. Could, 100%. You, could you give us some hints? Could you? Yeah. I mean, personally, first of all, like keeping it somewhat of a loose trim, because there's so many trichomes that you're cutting off and you're disturbing the resin. So number one rule is you never touch a nug. You always hold the stem when you're bucking it down. So you never touch the nug ever. And we, and we buck it into a bucket with a little bit of dry ice. And we just buck it down after we've done a very, very light trim on it. Make sure there's all the water leaf has been already picked off. But like this is just like the tight water leaf. We'll just give it like a real light trim. and and uh, you know, we freeze it. We pop it in the freezer. Um, like with greenhouses, we like to use like a little bit of dry ice just because it's can't control the the temperature. Indoor it's not as bad. You can bag it and pop it in the freezer. You don't need dry ice, you know. But uh but yeah, it's really just being meticulous and understanding that like we don't want none of that resin on your fucking hands, you know. You think for outdoor farms it matters if they harvest at night since it's colder and cooler and things like that? Yeah, or yeah, it does, doesn't it? I 100%. see people doing that. Interesting. Or how early if you're a super early bird or whatever, work till noon and be done or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, there's a lot of variables. I see that. those videos like big productions with them stripping the plant and bucking it that way and shit. It's just like... <laughs> Dude, the gloves are just holding all the all the shit. You know, it's just heart. like, and 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 at the end of the day, they're just like, I, I don't understand why it's not selling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Sally, your shit's I not mean, getting people high so many anymore. Fucking farms have failed in California. Like the amount of people who own licenses and the amount of people who are operating with the license is fucked. Like it's so bad. Bro. They want it that way. That's why it's they so did it that fucked, way. Dude. I know. So why wouldn't they want everyone who has a license to be producing and paying taxes? They had this whole you know, plan like, of social equity, but then they realized that it's like being taken advantage of like anything. And it's better off to have a free market, open market system where we all compete like we did before. Yeah. And in the end, who are we doing this for? Is it for the customer? Because if it's for, then you want competition and you want free market because right. then the consumer wins the number one. Right. 
just like in Oregon, like you're saying, there's a lower bar to entry. So now you're getting hash makers are moving from California to Oregon. I know Pat God's, I mean, like he, you know, he has a, a grower friend that he grew up with and some other people that are in Oregon too. And it's, it's always amazing to see the differences between markets. Cause we're not that far apart. No, no. Uh, there's not as and many there's people a huge, consuming there, you but know the price I mean? range yeah, the is different. Consumer is just completely different. There you go. A fraction of the size, you know, there's so many more people. Commun- Oregon was always a play where it's like, when it opens up federal, then you Sounds know like Oklahoma but I mean fuck we've been singing that song for eight nine years now yeah. so it's it's you know hopefully around the corner soon um and we definitely want to get into some more Oregon situations and take the take the first smoke of the day series there for sure yeah um, no, you know, there's a lot sense. of greatness and uncover out there the culture's awesome you know it's all about outdoors and fucking fresh air fucking <sighs> It's a sick spot. I love Oregon. I've always loved Oregon, even though like I never even really went there that much until I dove into this endeavor. But like, man, it's a beautiful spot. It's it's got a lot to see cannabis wise, fucking sightseeing, fucking hiking, fucking dune buggies, whatever the fuck you want to do. You can pretty much do an Oregon surf fucking. What's some fire though? Munchy spots. Any good food spots in Oregon that you that you call? Uh, yeah, PDX Sliders, super fire spot. I think like the best uh, best steakhouse is right there in downtown. Um, it's called Gaucho. In Portland, Gaucho. is it in Portland? Portland? Yeah, got it. Super fire spot. Um, man, there's just so many food trucks too. That's the thing is like there's so many food trucks. Where's the smoking spot? Any secret smoking spots or anything like dope? You know, um, stoner shit in Oregon. One of in our fucking, one of our partners in the farm, he actually has a, a consumption site in um it's in southern Oregon though, so or, or it's in it's south of Portland, so it's not like Portland proper, should I say. Um it's dope. I mean you can consume there and uh they host the fights and shit. You can just go smoke, fucking it's like a, a twenty-five bucks a month monthly membership. So at any time you can go in there and smoke. Oh wow. We love that. Love yeah. hearing that. I wish we had something like that in Cali. Like, we'll get there though. I think eventually. No, it's coming. It's coming. Consumption is a, is the is the next wave to hit. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how these NFTs and other things roll out to allow people access to different situations. So yeah, we're bro. excited for it. You know we're what doing I mean? A dab right NFT. I'm fucking on it. We're on. Oh yeah. We're not fucking around. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> I like and like that. me, um, you know, I have the fucking gallery, Lifted Veil Gallery in downtown LA. Like, you know, I'm I'm a, a big art collector myself. That's also why I wanted to do the gallery is like to host like some of my favorite artists in the space. So like I've been against the NFT is just because like as as art, at least, you know, like I just didn't see it. I don't see I didn't see the vision or I didn't want to see the vision having a physical gallery you know it's always the like doubt it's like what where is this going like how much change too quick yeah it happened really quick it i i mean i just don't appreciate most of the nft art though it's like basic ass shit you know so i i don't appreciate that coming from art degree and shit like that doesn't that doesn't like interest me you know there's a guy i don't see value in that as art you know what i mean but i do see value in it as currency and and how the art ties into it in a sense and i've come to accept it and we're pushing it we're going to be doing nfts to the gallery 
Um, Get that LED wall ready. Bro, dude, I went to fucking NFT festival in Miami um, uh, at Art Basel. Um, If people don't know who Art Basel is, that is uh, Miami Art Week. It's pretty much like some of the most pristine like art art exhibits. um, But it's just like a whole fucking week of just partying, you know, and like different art exhibits and all this different stuff, you know. Um, I went to an NFT festival there and they had a literally like fucking 40 foot wall of, of 3D imaged like it's like basically is one giant 3D movie basically you know what I mean so like when you looked on it you had to have the 3D glasses and shit bro it was the gnarliest like visual thing I've ever seen in my life so above what we've known as 3D did before that make this. you see the vision of like okay I seen I the get vision it and now. they had all oh, the fucking man. monitors in there and like they had all the different NFTs shuffling it's, through it's more interactive it's like you go up to it and you can like there's this one, it was like an archangel and it was like this gnarly animated, like super intricate thing. And it was like 30 ETH. I'm like, 30 ETH? And that's actually thing? seeming kind of cheap right now after, after looking at CryptoPunks and Board Ape, Board Yacht Ape. Club. Insane. My, my opinion on NFTs is if you can get in early in some of these projects, that makes sense. And What projects do you like? Um... My homie Chris Dyer, shout out Chris Dyer. Um, he did the Galactic Gang recently. Um, he's a badass artist, though. He started that way. He's like a gnarly, mur- gnarly mural artist. We had him. We had a show with him last year at the gallery. Like he's a G, dude. And uh, so, like all his all his NFTs are sick as fuck. They're like these galactic like alien dudes and shit, you know. And it's like a project that was only three hundred bucks for NFT, but it's going up quick. Like they're getting like hype and shit, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm not quite personal. So for me, like I could spend the tangible money on like a piece of art, like this pipe. Like I hit this pipe whenever I want. It's a functional pipe, so that's what like glass art has always like brought me in because I like consuming cannabis. So it's like, you know, we have a whole entire world of like. Eddie pipe collectors, literally, you know, all over the country. So like, you know, my favorite thing is really just traveling just to meet up with other collectors and try new turfs. We'll see what they're fucking smoking, bro. That's like what I love to do the most is travel and like try other people's turfs and smoke other people's pipes, basically, you know. I think that's where NFTs are going. I think they're in the beginning stages and where you're talking. I think that's where it's going. It's like you'll have to have the NFT to be in the club. Yeah, bro. It's a status. It's becoming a status symbol where they're making fucking iced out screens, bro, to fucking display your NFT like on your neck, bro. Wow. Like a little mini screens that you can put your NFTs on, bro. Like we're we're in like a we're in a revolution that's like about to be as big as like the fucking internet itself, bro. Do you think it's because everyone keeps getting robbed for their real chain and watch? No, people are getting robbed every day in cryptocurrency, bro. Oh, no way. There's yeah. so many fucking scammers even, out even there. The, even crazy. the crypto, they're getting hit for that too. 100%. Man, I see people posting their cash app. Quit sending me your cash app, man. I'm sick of getting the DMs on the day. <laughs> oh, I got a DM app, a day about that. Holy shit. Crazy. Scammers. I, man, you, you guys got to start, start seeing the curve when it comes. But yeah, because, NFTs are here to stay. Yeah. Uh, pretty much every event will be an NFT. You'll get an NFT for going to events. You know, they already have like this app where you like upload all your different events that you go to, you know, it's like it's a stat. It's becoming a status symbol. So like me personally, I'm not willing to invest like $50,000 in an NFT. 
or not even 20. I'm not even willing to spend fucking 10 G's on one, to be honest, personally, because we don't know how the market's going to be. What about a thousand bucks? Dude, a thousand bucks is cool. I think that's where our dab right NFT Mm -hmm. is going to be sitting is about a thousand. So I feel like that's a tangible, anything under a thousand. If you like what they're doing, you support an artist, support the vision. Well, and if it's limited and there's a number on it too, right? Yeah, I mean, fuck it. It's not about, especially if you like the art too. If like you believe in their vision, like with Chris, like we believed in the vision and I I believe in like Chris. So it's like, it's more than just like the art. It's really just investing into the project and like what type of incentives do you have? Like, what can you do? Like, yo, these people are fucking spending up $2 million overnight. Like, what are you doing for us? Like how... So that's where the whole community is just like building, like grown and like, it's crazy, bro. It's keeping the money in the artist's hand, which I like. Yeah. That's something that they never had. And they're finally getting they have just smart contracts dues. too that allow them. So anytime that, that NFT exchanges hands for currency, the artist gets 5% of that. Absolutely love for that life. for life. And think for about their team, you know, it takes a whole fucking team to make an NFT. It's not just Chris. Like, he has a team of 10 people. Everyone's getting broken off and shit. A hundred percent, bro. Like you, you think that some of these people are just so rich. You're just like, bro, like you guys just knew how much we spent on dab, right? And how much overhead we have. Oh like, yeah, man. And how much the headache we have to deal are, with. If you don't like, own or operate telling, a business, then you would not understand. I was telling Lance, you, like, you mean you can't just do a podcast for free and just do it <laughs> shame for free. <laughs> Oh, I was telling Lance earlier, like, this dude's yo. smiling like crazy right Yeah, here. you don't know about the people behind the scenes. Yeah. Asking me for rosin every day and shit. I'm tired <laughs> of being harassed, man. This shit's getting too heady. <laughs> no, I'm I was just, just kidding. telling I Lance dab earlier, rights. too, like, the Dabrite's an electronic company, but we get taxed from our processor 3.5% or something. When and you're most looked people, at like that. And most people, and we're also, you know, we, we have the trademark every state. Like, we can't even do it federally yet. So any legal state, we just trademark it, obviously. Like, so damn, that's a lot like of we're, we're prosecuted like we're a marijuana product, but in all reality, all we are is an electronic product. Like, there's just so many things that people don't understand when you run a, a business that's like, especially a business that's got hype. Like, man, we were fucking sweating, bro. Like, I won't lie, dog. We were sweating when we dropped the first. So we dropped um, 500 dab rights on September 11th was our first fucking drop. Cause that was the first amount that we could get. And we airdrop, we airdropped them too. So we're paying like ex- exponential prices to airdrop because by the sea is fucked, you know, especially dude, the shit in Long Beach, like fucking shout out to my partner, Dan and fucking Brian for like, we our company's registered in Florida. So all of our shit comes out of the port of Miami. So like, luckily we didn't have to deal with no headaches here in Long Beach, but, but man, getting anything by boat is nothing's guaranteed on time. So we dropped 500 dab rights and then we didn't have any. And we had to wait a whole like month and a half before we had more. So everyone's calling you and you're like, uh, yeah, as soon as we're it ready, we'll, uh, reach Ta- out. Talk we, about we, the effects of that. We yeah. started a fucking wave, bro. We literally started a wave that was like, it was overwhelming, bro. How, so how we're much? to your advantage. Yeah, 100%. We started getting resold. 100% being resold right away. Um Man, so many fucking emails. I mean, it was just four of us in the beginning. We have a team of, uh, I think it's eight of us total, so including the owners. So, yeah, it's not cheap to operate. It's not easy, and people, customers are can be rough, you know? 
Well, constricted demand, whether it's on purpose or not, yeah. creates higher demand, right? Constricted sales. So you're, you're, right. you can't get that product out and people, I, everyone's hearing about it. Everyone's seeing pictures of it. I can't get one. Yeah. We couldn't even post a picture. Yeah. We couldn't tell a soul what we were doing when we made the dab right either. Only people in our very closest circles knew that we were doing it because the first thing our patent lawyer told us is like, you can never show a picture of it online. To show a picture of it online is public knowledge. So like when until our, you have a until patent. Until we filed the patent at least. So we filed the patent and we dropped the first picture in August, the middle of August. And then we dropped the first in uh, September and then we did the wave. So like every week we do a drop because we only had like, I think our first order was like 3000 units or something. I mean, we could have sold those 3000 units overnight, but we wanted to like, kind of like, spread it out before we can get some more, you know? And, uh, man, that was fucking crazy times. Bro. That was a good move. Crazy times. It was nuts, but good nuts. I mean, we're fucking crushing it. You know, I mean, we're crushing it now. Everything's flowing. Like it's pretty much worked out better than we expected. So, and so what's with the future for dab right and Zen? I mean, we're going to see some Zen in Oregon and in Cali. Yes, sir. And then dab right every state in the nation. Are we going international with dab right or what's yeah, up? We're already international. We're already in Europe. We're in like Puerto Rico. We're in a bunch of different spots in the UK. Um, yeah, we're trying to go worldwide with Zen too, dog. I love that. When we can go federal, we, <laughs> you know, we have plans of New York and Nevada and Florida. Those are probably our three that, I will tackle after California. Um, we got some good people there. Everything's kind of just getting worked out in fucking New York and um, Florida. Nevada's ready, but it's rough. You got to have your own grow. You got you to have everything yourself or you're fucked, especially in Nevada. There's not enough good growers out there crushing it to be able to have material to. Yeah. There's no I depths. Really, I, you don't grow depths out there. Nah. You know what I mean? Like indoor only and i haven't tasted a lot of i haven't tasted really any any good indoor shout out to la la but i haven't tasted <laughs> really any good indoor in vegas i haven't either and if you get it on the even shelf, at the shops i mean oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out and say it. actually actually you know what the one of the best things i had in vegas on any of the trips last trips with some Kushko OG out of Planet 13. Obviously cool. a Cali yeah. company. And they had the real deal OG in that bitch. And that shit was good. It was fresh. It was sticky. It was fresh. Shout you know, out they must have moved. They, I think they moved to L, or Vegas or some shit. They moved their head grower that's, out there or something. That's, that's crazy but, just because like they have like a, 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 humid, a, a moisture. They have a really low moisture content. Like no humidity. in Nevada. It's fucked up. Dry no, as no. Hell. Like the, the law is that. The marijuana can't be over a certain percent um, moisture because of mold. So most of the fucking weed in, in Nevada oh, wow. is dry right when it's dry before they package it. These bro. lawmakers are absolutely See, that ridiculous. Makes sense. That's that makes like sense. all the shit there is dry as fuck. But that's like and lemonade. All that shit would say so well done, man. <laughs> Extra crunchy, bro. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's like limiting THC, though. What ends up happening is you start fudging with products that shouldn't be messed with. Right. And so you start getting weird outcomes like no more THC. So now we can't run these strains or we got to do something weird like pull it early. Right. You know, like you, you see all that, but. We're, so if we want to dab right right now, where can we go? Dabright.com. Dab. Oh. D-A-B-R-I-T-E yes, dot com. 
Dabright.com at the Dabright on Instagram. Uh, yeah, the Dabright 100%. Where do we find you on Zen Extracts? You on your Zen like, underscore Zen. extract. And then uh, if you go on zenextracts.com and you live in the state of Oregon, there's uh, a directory to find a spot that you can buy Zen Extracts. Make sure you call first before you go, always, to see what they got and make sure they, they got what you need. This is uh, in Oregon. Yeah, I'd say, you know, our biggest person that we work with is Americana in Portland. If you want Zen Extracts, hit up Americana. They buy more turfs from us than anyone. Big shout out Americana for sporting Zen. Yeah. Shout out Americana. Shout out Zen Extracts, man. Thank you for making the dab right. Putting money back into the culture, back into the community. You've been doing this shit a long time. We wanted to bring you on and big up you for all these accomplishments, man, because this shit's dope as hell. Appreciate it, dude. We appreciate you. Really fucking... When Rex told me, like, you know, you guys were going to bring me on, I was just, like, fucking pumped, bro. Like, so pumped. (laughs) You guys are doing dope shit, and I see really good things in you guys' future with this this podcast. It's uh, as we get to federal... Like, dude, we're not even federally legal. Like, bro, like, dab right just about, dude, you know, people dab in the world, dude. It's like, exactly. It's so crazy, you know? We're right around the corner. Yeah. I can feel it. The economy needs it. 100%. No, shout out to all the big dogs out there, the ones watching, man. The economy needs it, man. Yeah, we need a first smoke of the day lounge in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> smoke, man. Yeah, we let's do it. Let's go. Fun. You already know, man. Well, shit, man. It's episode 35. My man, Zen Extracts, Mr. Dab Wright, Black Leaf, Pat Gods. We're signing off. It's first smoke of the day. White ashes. Peace. Yo, what's up, First Smoke family? Just want to take a few seconds to shout out some special partners of the show. Make sure you guys go check out Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the nation, over 60 retail stores, growgeneration.com. They also carry some awesome products there. Blackleaf, tell them a little bit about our next sponsor, Power SI. This is what I use in my garden. This is what the best growers in the country are using. This is what the best growers in the world are using. For more information on our partners, click in the description below. We're going to include all the links, all the information, everything you guys need to know to get down with any of these companies. Shout out to Grow Generation, Power SI. We appreciate you guys. First Smoke family forever. Hey, what up? It's Blackleaf. I'm here to talk about one of the sponsors for First Smoke of the Day podcast, AthenaProducts.com, Athena Nutrients. If you want to see some of the premier growers in the country who rock Athena products, check out Athena.ag on Instagram, and you can see everybody who rocks with Athena. First Smoke of the Day podcast, Athena Plant Nutrients. Yo, Jungle Boys have been playing with fire since 2006. Pioneer cultivators based out of Los Angeles. You can find their product at TLC Collective in LA. For more info, go to jungleboys.com and follow at Jungle Boys on all platforms. Welcome to the jungle. What up, First Smoke of the Day fam? It's Blackleaf. Here to talk about one of our sponsors for First Smoke of the Day podcast, and that's NeptuneSeedBank.com. They got one of the most wide range of seeds on the internet, everything from boutique craft farmers all the way to the big breeders we've all heard about. If you want to see Blackleaf seeds and some of the other best seeds on the internet, check out NeptuneSeedBank.com.